Let us pray together. Lord, in the darkness of this world, let the light of your word shine. In the confusion of this world, let the truth of your word be heard. Use my preparation and speak to our hearts by your Holy Spirit. For the sake of your kingdom. Amen. As many of you will know, the Miles household supports Fulham Football Club. And uh, my family in America were watching the match yesterday and I was there at Craven Cottage. And I would say we undeservedly lost to Manchester United. Chima Obi here might disagree with me. And Dan certainly disagrees with me because he's told me already. It's amazing how Christians can see things from a different perspective sometimes. Now, I've been part of a small WhatsApp group, which includes uh, former superintendents of Methodist Central Hall. And we all support different football clubs. And the group becomes very active, usually on a Saturday night or sometimes during the week. And uh, it includes sometimes us commenting about whose side we think God is on. And we often justify our deluded claims with various arguments, like the fact that many football clubs came out of churches, like Fulham, of course. And uh, surely God is with us, we say, and we argue amongst one another. The trouble is, however much you justify God's presence with us in any particular team. You can talk about all the past associations with uh, Christians or Christians on teams or whatever. It doesn't matter a hoot because if the team doesn't play well, they're not going to win. <laughs> it doesn't matter what claims we make about God being on our side. Fulham didn't deserve to win. They didn't play well. Actually, Manchester United didn't play well, but they still won. But anyway... Now, my text today, I will come back to that, I promise. My text today from the Old Testament lesson, Micah 5, and I want to take 11b as the text that I'm uh, focusing on. Yet they look for the Lord's support and say, is not the Lord among us? No disaster will come upon us. Now, in this saying... Micah is highlighting the foolishness of that claim. Surely God is with us. For when God's people become complacent and hypocritical, they'll not be protected from the consequences of their behavior. Now, the prophet Micah, let's find out a little bit about him. He was a contemporary of Hosea and Isaiah. And whereas Isaiah was a courtier prophet, uh, Micah was a country prophet. Uh, he came from the, the, the southern kingdom and he prophesied over about the 8th century in the 700s BC. And it was a period of about 30 to 40 years that he prophesied. And that spanned the reigns of three kings. Towards the end, it was King Hezekiah. And during this time, both Israel and Judah, the two kingdoms, were experiencing religious, social, and economic decline. There's lots of relevance if you hear what I'm saying as we apply things to our world today. 
And in today's reading, Micah gives the prophet's overall mission. He states it in chapter 3, verse 8, when he says, But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. In other words, what he was saying is, Lord had blessed him with the Holy Spirit, but he needed to say some hard things to the northern and southern kingdoms. Micah's spirit-filled prophecy was particularly concerned about the underprivileged in society and the fact that injustice and compassion, well, oppression, sorry, injustice and oppression was flourishing around him. And at that time, there was a huge contrast between the rich rulers and others who were in crushing poverty. And we can, of course, see uh, this in many parts of our, our world today. And yet, as in the days of Micah, people were saying, and are saying today, surely God is with us. Now, God had revealed to Micah that this wasn't true. God's people were not living up to their divine calling. They weren't experiencing or exercising, should I say, mercy and justice for their own people. It was absent. They weren't exercising mercy and justice to the rest of the world, which is what God demanded from them. And so Micah speaks out against the corruption, the oppression, the unfaithful priests, the crowd-pleasing prophets in society. If you read through his prophecy, you will hear this very clearly. And he proclaims the need for social justice and accountability from God's people. And he said, if you do that, it will bring about hope. Now, in today's reading, Micah was particularly concerned about those who he considered deluded, not because of what football team they support, but because they naively thought that shallow ceremonial religion and the fact that God had been with them in the past would protect Samaria and Jerusalem at that time, regardless of the people's behavior. He felt they were deluded in thinking that. He believed that false prophets could easily be spotted. Their message was influenced by their own vested interests. In other words, if people paid them, they gave them a good prophecy. If they didn't pay them, then they proclaimed judgment upon them. And the prophets were declaring what people wanted to hear at that time. Shalom, all is well. God is surely with us. And it's clear that Michael, Micah believed that the behavior of the false prophets would incur God's judgment. And the correction and purification was needed for things to change. And so Micah's prophecies were primarily aimed towards Jerusalem or Zion, as it's sometimes called. And he suggests that judgment would come by way of an advancing military threat from Assyria, which if you like at that time was the superpower of the time. He said, if you don't get your act together, you're going to be conquered by Assyria. And he spoke of the future devastation of Jerusalem and Samaria. But there was hope, hope for the future, hope of restoration, hope of Zion being restored if they recovered their divine calling. 
Now, as I prepared today's message and I was reading the passage, it became very clear to me that Micah's words are as relevant today as they were during his own time. Consider the different faith groups at war in the world, all believing that God is on their side, yet seemingly we see sometimes are they losing their values in the struggles? Consider nations as well that claim that God is on their side and yet not caring for the poor or the marginalized. Consider world leaders losing their honor and giving way to corruption and blaming fake news on everything. Consider politicians who lose touch with the plight of the poor and misbehaving whilst holding office. Consider religious leaders losing their way, their integrity, forgetting God's word, and sometimes losing even their faith. And consider churches, churches like ours, who have experienced God's blessing in the past. And yet, we need to be careful that we don't rest on what God has done recently or in the past. We must make sure we're in a right relationship if God is going to bless us into the future. We can't just say, surely God is with us if we don't live out the values of the kingdom. If we do, then fair enough. So we need to be aware, I believe, today of misplaced religious superiority and an overconfidence in our faith. Henri Nouwen, the Catholic priest and influential spiritual writer, once said, for Jesus there are no countries to be conquered, no ideologies to be imposed, no people to be dominated. There are only children, women, and men to be loved. I find that a really challenging uh, quote when we think of some of the images that we're seeing in, in our television from all sides at the moment. Putting our trust in a belief that we are a godly nation or a Christian country can be dangerous if it's not matched with godly behavior. What may have been true in the past might not be true now. And we need to avoid the consequences of our actions if we don't pay attention to the way that we live. And this is what Micah was saying. And he was saying it to God's people. And of course, we must remember that it wasn't just Micah who was a little bit critical of religious leaders and the religious community. Just read Matthew 23 and you'll find out. But what's more, in Matthew 7... Jesus said these very hard words. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, in the name to drive out demons, and in your name to perform miracles? Then I will tell you plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Now the emphasis there is on the evildoers, those who are not behaving, saying all the right things, but not putting it into practice. Now, of course, we're saved by grace through faith, 
But when we discover that marvelous truth, it demands something from us. It demands a response. It demands holiness. And if we look at our Methodist tradition, it is marked by perfect love and by holiness. And in short, as we read Micah's message today, I hear him calling to me and to you that we need to watch that we don't fall into complacency or self-centered living. We need to be ensuring that we're walking in a right relationship with the one true God. And that means following Jesus and adopting his lifestyle in everything that we do. And when we do this, we will actually experience that God is with us because he will bless us. But if we're not praying, if we're not loving God, if we're not treating each other right, we need to be careful. And that's why sometimes people misunderstand me when I say this church isn't just about our congregation. It's not just about us growing and being blessed. We're called to be a body that go out and serve the community. This building is a cathedral of Methodism. We have a mission. We have a gospel to proclaim in word and deed. And if we forget that, then maybe we won't see the blessing that we could be experiencing. If we want this church full in the future, we need to pray. We need to love we need to reach out into our community so that people find what we are as a community is contagious. So in short, as we read Micah's message today, I hear him calling us, turn from your complacency. C.S. Lewis once wrote, integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. That's so easy to say. But let me say it a little bit slowly. <laughs> Integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. Priests and religious leaders up front. But what happens when no one is watching is where our integrity lies. So let me go back to where I started. Fulham didn't win at Craven Cottage I could give all sorts of reasons as to why that was, but at the end of the day, they didn't play well enough. Fulham Football Club has its origins in 1879 in the Christian community, St. Andrew's Church in West Kensington, where it all started. And gradually, matches were played uh, in a, another piece of land near the church in Star Road. And it built and it built and it built. But we can't just say, surely the Lord is with us. Because at some time in the future, uh, in the past, the club grew out of Christian roots. If the team's to play well, it needs to play well now. It needs to listen to the coach. And if people want to make difference in the world today, I believe we need to live out our beliefs and our values and that applies to us as Christians. It applies to all faiths, but it applies to us as Christians. No amount of religions, nations, politicians claiming God is with us will make up for a lack of faithfulness and compassion. If we want to experience God's presence with us, 
if we want to know the power of the Holy Spirit, we need to play out the teaching of our coach, Jesus. We need to live as he lived and with his help. Let me read that verse from Micah 6, verse 8. It wasn't quoted in our passage today, but it's in the same prophecy. He has shown to you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. The secret to living justly and mercifully is learning humility. It's walking humbly with our God. We've got to get that last bit right first. If we walk humbly with our God, if we're in a right relationship with the Lord, that will affect the way that we behave. We need to be totally dependent on God's grace and love. Then our lives will be changed. Then other people's lives will be changed because our lives have been changed. And if we do that, and if we walk with the Lord in step with him, then I believe we can say, surely God is with us. Amen. Let us sing today.